Welcome to Kings of the Jungle. I'm your host, Joe Chap, and today we are going to be talking about three things. Well, actually, we're going to be talking about a variety of things, but thank you for joining me. We're going to be talking about the Betrayal Index, which is a quarterback's rating on how much he costs his team versus how much his defense costs his team. You'll be surprised on that. Second part is going to be the critical part. The Detroit Lions played this Friday. There were some things I took out of the game that we need to talk about. And then we have the Indianapolis Colts next Saturday uh, versus Detroit Lions. What are you looking for? They're going to have inter-squad practices. It's going to be interesting to watch, figure out what's happening with the practices. We'll get to that. Um, all, all that stuff and more on Kings of the Jungle podcast. Welcome to Kings of the Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Chapman. Obviously, when you heard in the intro, you heard that there's three critical issues that I see with the Detroit Lions that we need to get rectified before the season because what you face in the beginning of the year with Jalen Hurts is something that you have seen before. So in this game against Atlanta, there was two things that stood out, and one of them was very, very key. Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, they were given carte blanche to run. It was actually pretty embarrassing the way that the Detroit Lions actually like came out and defended the quarterback uh, scramble. It, it just it it wasn't good for the Detroit Lions. It wasn't good for the the the, the defense. Um, this total it was not even it, when you talk about keeping a quarterback hemmed in. You know the one the team one team that you did good last year was Lamar Jackson. You kept him hemmed in. You kept him from you know getting long uh, exorbitant runs. I mean, obviously he had a 23-yard run in that game, but you kept him hemmed in for the most part. And, and so when you look at the Detroit Lions, one of the things you look at last year with the Philadelphia Eagles, when they got shellacked, it was a 44-6 game. Detroit was 0-8 after that game. It was just not a good game. It was it was a terrible game. They really just ran rough over you. Uh, they, they had... Uh, 236 yards on the, on the on the ground, four touchdowns, 46 attempts, just absolutely killed you. Um, and they really, and Detroit really didn't even turn over the ball. But you know, Jalen Hurts last year, he had seven attempts for 71 yards. That means he's averaging 10, pretty much an attempt. Um, so you know, 9.5 an attempt. But you just look at it, and th- th- this has became a theme with some of these defenses. You know, as you look forward to the schedule, you look at the you look at the play the the quarterbacks you will be going against, Jalen Hurts. He's a guy who can run. You look at a guy like, like, uh, uh, you know, Carson Wentz. He can get off and run. You know, obviously Minnesota, uh, Seattle, New England. They don't have those running quarterbacks. They don't have a mobile quarterback. But then you play this this tough stretch of mobile quarterbacks. You play Dallas, Miami, Green Bay, Chicago. And say what you, say what you want to say about Chicago. Say all you want to say about their offensive line. Justin Fields is going to have to run for his life because that's literally how he's going to make progress because that Chicago Bears offensive line is absolutely just horrible. Um, then you play Buffalo, and you play the Jets, and you play Chicago and Green Bay again. So there's there's going to be quarterbacks on schedule that you're going to have to play that are mobile quarterbacks that are going to give you a little bit of a, a, a test. And the first test you're going to get is against Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. They're a, good, they're a team that killed you last year, beat you down. Um, Jalen Hurts only threw for 103 yards. He was he, he was nine for 14. I, I, I it's it's insane to me. 
and it, it, this, it just proves that the Detroit Lions defense has to be better this year, especially when we're talking about stopping the quarterback from getting outside the pocket, maintain your, your, your the pocket, don't lose contain on these guys. Once you lose contain on these guys, they will take it to, to the next level. It's got to be a better uh, – Aaron Glenn's going to have to go to work. He's going to have to figure out, okay, who's going to be the quarterback spy? Don't lose your containment. You know, if you're a defensive tackle, don't get too far upfield. Just stay in your lane. You know, do you trade the pass rush for a guy for, for, for you know, you to keep this guy in the pocket? Yes, a guy like Jalen Hurts, I'm perfectly fine with um, letting him throw from the pocket. If he beats me in the pocket, fine. That's great. But if he doesn't beat me in the pocket, we're going to win that game, and the Detroit Lions are going to win that game. Like, they are going to win that game if they keep him in the pocket because Jalen Hurts is not a guy who can make throws in the pocket. He likes to get outside the pocket and make some plays with his feet. And you're going to be playing guys like that, you know, all year long. I mean, you, when you, you're you going to get one of the best quarterbacks who, who can pass and run, and that's Josh Allen. He's a fantastic player, and, he, and you've got to be ready uh, by Thanksgiving for that guy. That's That's what you have to do. Because when you look at the Detroit Lions, there's no room for error. They have to get, they have to win these early games against the Eagles, the Commanders, the Seahawks. They have to win. They have to at least go three and one or three and two uh, in the first five games. Uh, they have to either go through four and one or five, four, three and two. Now that's 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 just the barometer of what you're trying to look at for the Detroit Lions this coming year. Because after they get out of the bye, they play the Dallas Cowboys, they play the Miami Dolphins at Ford Field, they play the Green Bay Packers. Those are going to be teams that have quarterbacks who can run the ball. Dak Prescott's another one of those guys. He can get outside the pocket, make things happen. He can even run with his legs. He's really good with that. Two is the same way. And we know Aaron Rodgers is the same way. We got him twice in the schedule. So they need to do what they did with Aaron Rodgers in the first matchup where they kept him hemmed in the pocket and they let him, they got him to throw. But Obviously, if you get some pressure on these guys, they're going to move outside the pocket. But the, the critical issue is don't break down in your defensive line and assignments and don't break down with the linebackers. Like the linebackers, and this is another critical issue that I was a little bit disappointed in the Detroit Lions, was they were consistently, consistently missing tackles. You can't miss tackles. When you get a guy like, uh, when you get a guy like Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter, you know, it, such as in the preseason game, you can't allow them to run rough shot over your team. Like, you just – you really can't. I mean, these guys – you talk about rushing. Desmond Ritter had 59 yards on six carries. Marcus Amarody had 23 car- yards on three carries. Uh, they were the best runners on the field. They, they were just – they were just – they just were. I mean, both of them combined for nearly 90 yards. And when you're looking at this, this is not a good – you know, thing for the Detroit Lions. You want to make them throw in the pocket because these are not guys that can throw in the pocket, and you need to get them, when they get outside the pocket, you need to make tackles, and they did not make tackles. They missed a lot of tackles um, in the first preseason game. It was, it's just, you know, every year it's something with this team. Uh, they don't, they got to make better keys of what they're doing. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do. Um, listen, this is a team that has played very, very well in the games that they have played, but they have to get better. Preseason is a time where you, you're you just trying to work out the kinks, but if there's any kinks in the Detroit Lions armor, it's tackling, 
containment. You know, what we see from the offense line, we expect. You know, what we've seen from uh, Jared Goff in the play-action game where he play-action and he threw that beautiful pass, Amonra, um, that was a beautiful pass. And that's something that you can look forward to for Jared Goff. Um, we're going to get to Jared Goff in a minute with the quarterback betrayal index. That's an interesting interesting article from The Athletic, but we'll get to that in the next uh, next segment. But you like what you see from the offensive line for, for Detroit. You like what you see from the running game. You like what you see from the pass game. But the defense remains an issue. And this could be an issue going further. I mean, obviously, you're going to get your test with the first out of the gate with the Jalen Hurts and, and the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, they're, they're going to test you, and they're going to test the way that you uh, you play. They're going to test the way that you keep him hemmed in the pocket. And make Jalen Hurts throw. I mean, I know he has A.J. Brown this year, but Jesus, just make him throw. I mean, he's bound to give up some 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 gopher balls. I mean, he's he's not he's not the most polished passer by by any means. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he's he's he's, he's he hasn't been the most the best passer you you you've seen. Um, you know, you look at Jalen Hurts. It, this is a guy who doesn't really give you a lot as a as a passer. I mean, he just doesn't. You look at his stats, and you go, I mean, he completed 60% of his passes last year. That's not really that great. But his TD, you know, he had 16 TDs throwing, nine interceptions. He's inter, he's, he throws some interceptions. You know, his interception percentage is just 2.2 for his career. This is a guy that is, is totally, if you keep him in the pocket, he's easy to beat. You know, when he gets pressured, you know, when he gets pressured, he, he's, he's, you give him a little bit of something to think about. You give him something to think about, he's not going to do that great. But if you let him run, he's got 10 touchdowns. He's got, he, he gets first downs. He's got 56, he had 56 touchdowns, 56 first downs last year and um, 139 rushes. He's a guy who uh, rushes for 52.3 yards a game. This is a guy that you just want to keep in the pocket. Don't let him get outside. And if you look at the Detroit Lions and you look at what happened with Atlanta, you know they were running all over the Detroit Lions. They had, like I said, Desmond, like I said, Desmond Ritter had a lot of a lot of points. Um, you know he had a lot of rushing yards. Marcus Mariota, same thing. They were getting they were their average rush attempt was over five and a half for both of them. And the rush defense needs to get better. The tackling needs to get better. The defense just needs to be better, period. End of story. And if if this defense cannot be better, you will see the same result that you've seen last year. You're not expecting them to be a top 15 defense. You're not expecting them to be a top 20 defense. You're expecting them to be just on the fringe of a top 20 defense, in my opinion. And one of the things that will help you be a top 20 defense is by tackling Keeping the quarterback hemmed in, don't allow him to escape the pocket, and let him throw from the pocket and get some pressure on him because they will he, they will throw, they'll make some mistakes, especially the first two quarterbacks they go against, Carson Wentz and um, Jalen Hurts. When they get pressured, they like to throw the ball, and, and sometimes it's not good for their team. So that's what I'm looking for in, you know, with the critical issues portion. Uh, they just need to be, they need to play better. Period. Defense needs to play better. What they did in the first preseason game, I'm not gonna totally hem in on it, but they need to be better. It was just a, it was a, it was a, 
constant bad effort by by Lions defense. They weren't ready to tackle, and if you've seen the, the hard knocks, you kind of seen that happening with the way that they were uh, tackling in practice. The way Dan Campbell is getting pissed. I mean, that, that's just what's happening. Got to get better tackling because if you if you miss a tackle, that five yard run that they were gonna get is gonna turn into a fifteen or twenty yard run, and that can't happen with the Detroit Lions in twenty twenty two. We'll see you in the next segment as we talk about the quarterback betrayal rankings and that in my opinion. Welcome to Kings of the Jungle Podcast. We are talking about the QB Betrayal Index. Now, this is a very in-depth article by The Athletic. We'll leave it in the comments, but this is a very in-depth article by Mike Sando, and it lists, it goes into a whole parade of players and how many times they've been betrayed and how many times that it's helped their, their team has helped them uh, win the game. For example, um, Breeze won, Breeze won 45% of his starts from 2014 to 2016, despite ranking 4th, 5th, and 7th in ESPN's total QBR, respectively. His Saints offense ranked 1st in expected points added over their run. To, over their run. Herbert won 40% of his starts over the past two seasons, despite ranking 13th and 3rd in QBR. So the culprit is terrible defense and our special teams. Breeze Saints ranked 32nd in combined EPA on defense and special teams from 2014 to 2016. Herbert's Chargers ranked 30th over the past two seasons. That is how Breeze and Herbert rank 1 and 2 on the Q Q quarterback betrayal index. They stack in all 14 quarterbacks with with at least 30 combined regular season and playoff starts over the past decade, 2012-2021. The index highlights differences in which these quarterbacks' teams rank on offense compared to defense special teams using the true P, the true media EPA model. The better of the better of a quarterback's team was on offense, and the worse his team was on defense special team special teams, the more betrayed the quarterback was in the games that he started. For an example, Brees teams ranked second on offense and 51st on defense and special teams over the past decade relative to where where the other other 53 quarterbacks ranked. So it, it basically gives you a combined uh, it basically gives you the EPA from the team's offense to the team's defense, and it goes into more. It was a 54 quarterbacks have below have a combined 722, 1541, and 9 record in games where their teams finished with negative combined EPA on defense and special teams. As hard as it is to win those games, Mahomes has won 64% of them, best among all quarterbacks, while Blaine Gabbert has is, has a one in twenty record in those games, worst among the group. It's it, it's illuminating to see where these quarterbacks fall in between. Now you're pretty much asking where is the guys that you really want to know. So Matthew Stafford ranks tenth. He ranks tenth in uh, in, in this in this thing where uh, he was a huge part of them winning. Uh, this is over the past decade, so this this goes back into the Detroit Lions, you know, kind of record. Now, Matthew Stafford ranks 10th. He had, offense EPA was, uh, he had 19. Offense, the, I mean, the defensive and special teams, 44. They were minus 25. So put you put it in perspective how bad uh, the Detroit Lions were compared to other teams. I mean, Deshaun Watson was at negative 33. Andrew Luck was at negative 26. Patrick Mahomes is at negative 38. I mean, they're at negative 36. Aaron Rodgers was at negative 38. Matt Ryan was at negative 41. Tony Roma at negative 41. Herbert, Herbert 
at negative 44. He, and he's only been there two years. And Drew Brees was at negative 49. Now we go down to the current quarterback of the Detroit Lions, and he is ranked in the positives. He is one of the, he is one of only a few quarterbacks that is ranked in the positives. Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, uh, some of the guys that are named Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, Josh Allen, uh, and Jared Goff ranks forty second. And what he, he has thirty two games where the offense uh, really played well, um, so they rank in between there. But his defense in that time. 13. So his defense really helped him out a lot of times. He was plus 19 on, on, the, on the board. Um, you look at teams, you know, look at players that there's, there's some really key players on this last half of these guys. I mean, Joe Burrow was 46. Joe Flacco was 50. Um, and that's really not nothing, anything. But they go in deep and they go with Matthew. We'll, we'll start with Matthew Stafford. Expanded beyond the 2020-2021 time period to examine Stafford's full career, minus his injury short of 2010 and 2019 season, we can say this about him, about his win and loss record. Stafford is 49 and 32, 605 in the last five, se- five seasons when his team's combined defense and special teams ranking was best compared to 33 and 63 in the other four seasons. We'll go down to Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff is down quite a ways. He's he's he's, he's Pretty down. So his betrayal index was plus 19. It says offensive EPA per start for teams of golf in the line rose from minus 20.5 in 2016 to 3.3 3 in 2017, 7.9 in 2019 before falling each season since then. Can he turn around this season? So basically, what this is saying is he came in the league, he was playing really, really well. Uh he he was having a good, he was having good, you know chances moving the ball down the field uh but he has been you know since then his his epa has dropped and now you can start to see with the offensive weapons that he does have it, it with uh with the detroit lions you know adding a dj chark adding a josh reynolds back to the fold jameson williams when he gets healthy quintus cephas and um, the emergence of amara st brown these are guys that really can help jerry goff move the ball now this is where we say that you know we we put it on we put it on youtube bunch of times but this is where jared goff really needs to pretty much push himself to the next level because he doesn't have any excuse of my offensive line sucks my defensive lines i mean my running backs aren't good my wide receivers aren't good i mean he's got a full complement of weapons for a quarterback so when we talk about quarterbacks and we talk about how good their offense is you know you look at some of these guys that are ahead of you know jared goff like one is josh allen and it says Allen has shown he can win a solid position of games with less support from his defensive special teams. He hasn't do, had to do that frequently because Buffalo has a, generally has a strong in those three fa- in those phases. You know, the, one of the guys that is below him who has won a Super Bowl is um, uh, is Nick Foles, and you know he's a, he's a backup caliber. But they were saying like you know he's good enough, but he's not he's not good enough to start. Another guy I was looking at is Joe Flacco. Joe, uh, you know Flacco. Uh, the Ravens lost the 2017 game to the Bears despite Baltimore finishing with a, a plus 25.1 combined EPA and special and special teams defense. That was the most egregious defeat for any of the 54 quarterbacks listed. Chicago beat Baltimore in that game with, Trubis- with Trubisky completing eight passes in his first career road start. So what they're saying is 
you know, Joe Flacco didn't do enough in that game to help them win. Uh, so, you know, when you look at these quarterback betrayal rankings and what, what do you take away from them? You take away that, you know, when Jared Goff has a team that can compete, he has weapons, he can really play good. When, when the weapons start to go downhill and he doesn't have a run game, that's when you start to see Jared Goff make some, make some bad mistakes. He's not the same quarterback. He does some things that he shouldn't be doing. And that's what Jared Goff is known for. Now, it's going to be up to the defense. Can they be the defense that is asked of them? And can they be the defense that can help, you know, Jared Goff? You know, you don't have to be a top 10 defense, but you've got to be in the middle of there, and you got to you got to get great takeaways. And that's one of the things that, you know, the Detroit Lions are going to try to do. But with Jared Goff, there's no reason for him not to be a good offensive. You know, their offensive EPA should be way higher this year. They got the weapons. They got Amra, they got, you know, we went through DJ Chark, all those guys. You know, they have downfield threats. They have intermediate threats. They have a guy in TJ Hawkinson who splits the defense being a tight end. There is a very, very good chance that, you know, Jared Goff takes off the next level in this um, this season. And it's going to be up to him if he wants to take take that next step. We will see if he takes that next step. Because if he does, it'll be good for the Detroit Lions. But if he doesn't, we're going to be looking for a quarterback next year. Just simply put, you know, he got to be a lot better, has to be a lot better. The EPA needs to be a lot better. And we're going to be, we're going to continue to keep you up on the EPA. But when uh, his win-loss record with negative team defense and special teams, EPA is 13th best, 17 and 25. He's 47 and 40 and one. That's uh, over 500. So this is a guy who can, who can win with, you know, spare parts. But it's going to be interesting. Can Jared Goff be the guy who is uh, helping the team, or can he be the guy who is hurting the team? And when you look at these these rankings and the betrayal rankings, I mean, he's had a very very uh, he's been very very lucky to have the teams that he's he's had, you know, in LA and now in Detroit, where he got the offensive uh, firepower to you know get back in games and, and make the plays that are needed. That's what's going to be asked of him, you know. You look at a guy like Justin Herbert. I mean, he, he, he's he's having a rough time. You know, he's in the negatives with the with the EP with the uh, the his gap between the defense and the special teams. I mean, there's been nine times where his offense um, uh, it just it hasn't been good. He's negative 44. You know, the defense doesn't help him out with the Chargers. Look at Drew Brees. Same thing, minus 49. But he's he's made um, he's made NFC title games. He's made the playoffs. He's won the playoff games because of that, and that just shows you how good of a quarterback Drew Brees was and how good of a quarterback Justin Herbert is. You look at all these quarterbacks that are, you know, in the minus department. These are the elite of the elite, you know, the Aaron Rodgers, the Patrick Mahomes, the Deshaun Watson, you know. Uh, you know, those are the top ones that are at the, at the, at the, at the biggest gap. But, you know, that this is just an interesting thing that happens with um, football. You know, obviously football is a game – of an offense and defense. And sometimes people dismiss it and say, you know, we just need a good offense or we just need a good defense. You really need both. You need both to play on the same level. Obviously, you know, when you're an offense, you want to be play clock control. You want to play, you want to, you want to, you want to take time off the clock. You want to make sure that, you know, the other team doesn't have any shots. Uh, and, and that's how, that's how it works in, 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 in football. Uh, it's just, it, you have to um, play time possession. You have to give up, you know, a little bit, to get a lot, and listen, I I, I think the Lions are more um, 
they're more ready for the for uh, this season because of the offensive players that they have. Now the issue is going to be the defense. Can the defense actually play at a high level or not? And that's going to be that's going to be the biggest thing um, with the Detroit Lions in 2022. You know, it's, we we've talked about it before. Jared Goff needs to play better. Needs to be a better player. Needs to make the right decisions. Attack downfield more. He's going to get the opportunity, but what does he do with it? And what does the defense do in their EPA? And what what do how do they excel over a larger period? That's what we're going to kind of try to figure out this year. Obviously, I know there's people that have high expectations of the Detroit Lions. I know there's people that have low expectations of the Detroit Lions, but we're going to get to it all. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season. I mean, obviously, we're just we're right down the nitty gritty. We're, we're breaking down stupid stuff that really doesn't really matter. And soon we'll be breaking down the games and getting, getting all into it. So that is the quarterback betrayal rankings. So we will get to the next segment where we, we're going to break it all down and we're going we're gonna to have our last you know segment of the day. And then now we go to our preseason kind of what players impressed us the most and what players really just I'm really worried about. And, and so we go into the top of the players, and this was on the receiving end. It was Tom Kennedy at eight receptions, 104 yards, and he was – just phenomenal. He looked like he could be a player who could be on the Lions roster when uh, we get to the season. He played really, really well. I was I was ecstatic about Tim. I thought he played just phenomenal. Um, obviously, one of the people that really impressed me um, in terms of what people thought of him was Devin Funches. I thought Devin Funches, you know, come when he was signed, I said, you know, this might be a secret weapon for the Detroit Lions because. It's not very often that you get a second um, tight end who could be, you know, behind, be behind T.J. Hawkinson, where you can put him in different formations, in different sets where you're, 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 you have Hawkinson on the field, you have Funchess on the field, you have Amara, D.J. Chark. Whenever Jameson Williams comes back, you have Jameson Williams, and you're basically going to allow the defense to see, okay, who is going to take who? You know what? What? What do you want to do? Who are you trying to you know go after, and what are you trying to do? Like like you can't double everybody. So one's going to be single covered. So if a DJ uh, a, a DJ Chark is uncovered, he's gonna he's gonna make him pay. If Devin Funches is uncovered and he's I mean if he's let's say he's one on one with a linebacker, he's probably gonna win that that every single time. So I like Devin Funches as a second tight end. I, I really think he can be really good. Brock Wright showed that he could have some. He has some uh, style. Him. He had that one catch of 18 yards on the first play. He was really, really good. I, I thought that that. But but I like I like Devin Funches a lot. I think Devin Funches could be a key a key piece to it. I, I think Garrett Griffin is a guy who could probably make the roster. Um, He's more of your stereotypical tight end that could do it all. You know, he can block, he can catch, he could be a good player in the run game. And that's something that is really important with Dan Campbell. Um, you know, you look at you look at the you look, you look at um, you look at Detroit, and and in in that game, um, Kirby Joseph got a lot of play time. He had seven tackles, five solos. I thought he played good. I thought Jared Davis played good. He had a quarterback hit, a pass defense. I thought Jared Davis was all over the field. I was really impressed by Jared Davis. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna give anybody a little bit of uh, 
impressive. You, you're impressed by. I was impressed by Jared Davis the way he played. Um, he was all over the field. Obviously, we know that he's not a sound tackler, but even as like a backup, even as a backup, he could do a really, really good job. I think he could be a guy that you have to watch. But you know, Kirby Joseph, he, the way he played, um, he was good. Uh, he's got. He's, he's. I think they're gonna ease him into you know playing a full time start when we start the season. I think that you know. I think that um, Tracy Walker and and uh, Deshaun Elliott, I think those are the guys that are obviously going to start. So it's it's going to be interesting because, you know, we have to see more from this defense because what we've seen in this game was just – it wasn't the best. I mean, when you look at the Detroit Lions, I mean, they – they, the times that the Falcons got some, you know, run on them, you know, they had eight passing first downs with, with – passing nine for, uh, first downs rushing um their third down efficiency detroit really kept them hemmed, hemmed in they were they're three for ten but you know one of the, and they didn't get a lot of plays you know detroit dictated the game uh offensively and detroit and, and atlanta won that game but yards per play 5.8 detroit's was 5.1 when you're looking at this team um you just you, you Detroit outgained them. There, the turnovers really were huge, especially the David Blau fumble. That was just absolutely just incredible. Uh, but you know, you look at this game and you look at the preseason, and a lot of people take it for what it is. They go, okay, you know, everybody takes preseason a different way. You know, a lot of people take preseason seriously. There's some people that take it, you know, not as serious. I don't take it as serious. I think it's kind of just, you know, it's a scrimmage. It's all it is. It's a glorified scrimmage. You know, we love watching football, but listen, it, it, when you're watching these teams and you're watching how bad some of these players are, it's because they're 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 deaf guys. I mean, you're hoping that these guys aren't in your regular season lineup because that means you got a lot of injuries. But listen, it's preseason. You know, all the things that Detroit did wrong in the game against Atlanta – they can get better at, you know, they're going to go scrimmage with the Indianapolis Colts this week. That'll be fun. Obviously hard knocks is Tuesday. Um, so that'll, that'll be fun to watch. You know, obviously the, what happened with the game, will have been re- re- reaction from hard knocks uh, after afterwards, but it'll be, it's just interesting the way that Detroit um, played in game one, you know, David Blau with that fumble late. That, that was just, that was a death nail. Detroit really, they, they just, they destroyed. They destroyed Atlanta and the, the, the possession of the ball, and they still lost. I mean, the, when you have two turnovers, does Atlanta have a none? That will kill you every time. And you know, listen, it's not regular season, it's not real football, but those are some things that you need to get hemmed in. Those are your two backup quarterbacks that made the biggest mistakes. That needs to be that needs to be changed. You know, we talked about it in the post game reaction. You know, with Tim Boyle and Dave Blau, you know, they are some of the biggest issues on this Lions roster. If Jared Goff gets hurt, we have a real problem, a real problem. And it's going to be interesting to see what Brett Holmes does. Maybe he gets a quarterback out of free agency um, who gets cut from another team because literally that's that's all you have right now. I mean, maybe you can go trade for one, but literally the Detroit Lions have no backup quarterback right now. They have no backup quarterback. Tim Boyle can't get it done. Uh, Dave Blau can't get it done. That's just the reality. I mean, you look at this team, 
say what you want to say about Jared Goff, but if Jared Goff goes down, this team is not winning an effing game. Because the quarterbacks that they have on the roster, and this is the Brad Holmes issue, they're not good enough. They're not good enough to beat preseason teams, and they're not good enough beating the, beat people in the regular season. And when we see, we we seen it last year when Tim Boyle got uh, some run in, in some of the games that he started, he was just awful. He's not good. He he's inconsistent with the ball. It's just, just a bad. It's it's so awful to watch because you know there could have been backups that we drafted, but we didn't. And you know, I was I was not you know for drafting a quarterback, but if you got a quarterback late, cool. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that any of these quarterbacks that we have in the roster, um, if we drafted a quarterback from the draft, I'm pretty sure they would be upgrade over some the the, the gobbly gook that we get from Tim Boyle and David Blau. I mean, they they literally live up to their name, Tim Boyle. That seems like a bad time, a boil on your face, and David Blau blow. Uh, he, he just he's not good. Not even as backup quarterbacks, because backup quarterbacks, what you're expected to do as a backup quarterback, don't turn on the ball. Play good. Play sound. You don't have to be the best player. Just be good enough to help the team win games. Tim Boyle, it, it, listen, let's look at the box score, okay? They're both efficient. Um, you know, 9 for 16, 111 yards. He had a touchdown interception that was t- Tim Boyle. David Blau, 18 for 28, 141 yards, five average. I mean, you look at them compared to a rookie in Desmond Ritter. He had two touchdowns, no interceptions, had a higher quarterback rating. He didn't get sacked uh, at all, but he still played fundamentally sound. You know, that's, that's what you're looking at. Like, you know, I know Desmond Ritter probably could be a starter at some point, but let's be honest, like, you look at David Blau and Tim Boyle, and they are just not good players. And they're not going to help you win. You know, if Jared Goff goes out, they're just not. How am I supposed to live with someone who can't even settle? And, yeah, ESPN is going off crazy right now. But that's just what's happening. Like, you, I'm reading the box score. It's just what you see in the box score is literal, literal truth. You know, David Blau. Yeah, he got 141 yards. He had no touchdowns. You know, it, 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 Tim Boyle, 9 for 16, 111 yards, one touchdown, and an interception. I mean, you know, you can't have that. Can't have that. So it'll be interesting to see what the Detroit Lions do in the game against the Indianapolis Colts. They're going to be obviously scrimmaging. We're going to break in with podcasts all week, so stay tuned to that. So we're going to we're going to kind of get you along. Um our season preview is probably going to be in a couple weeks. We're probably going to have some good guests on, so stay tuned for that as well. This is Joe Chapin. This is Kings of the Jungle. Thank you for listening, and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, and on YouTube at Between the Whistles Detroit. We will see you probably Wednesday as we break in with the podcast, what's going on during the week and what's happening, and we'll break in and do some armor stuff. But thank you for listening, and go Lions.